Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we do in 2022. Oh, that was good. That's the last time you're going to be able to That's use that. La- right? well, I think probably one more time I'll say it. But oh, well, we're getting stop close. Stop dying. Don't get That's in car accidents. You guys get that thing that the, the tra- National Traffic Safety Board sent out today? Yeah. You I, went, I went and looked it up. That number used to be like 30%. Like people just don't give a f- And for those at home, today the National Transportation Safety Board released some data that 54% of all fatal car accidents are the result of drug and alcohol use. More than half. Well, and, wow. and that was and that was even in Canada, and they seem to be more um, more conservative than more here. responsible. Is what yeah, the word you were looking for is more responsible. Yeah, I, I was trying to be nice. People don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about each other, and they don't give a fuck about themselves. That's our problem. The fentanyl <laughs> is so strong that they're just way too high to drive. <laughs> might well, might be they, some fentanyl accidents in there. Yeah, but they know. were talking about THC being incredible. Yeah, think about how, think about how much higher the THC would be here with all the legalized how THC. Stoned our sixteen year old kids out out driving <laughs> the, the, compared yeah. to what we were. I used to have feathered. I go to my sister's house before school in the morning to get her to feather my hair like Farrah Fawcett Major when I was oh, like I sixteen. I bet you were a sexy bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You were so Peter Frampton, buddy. That was Frampton. Yes, Frampton was a role model for sure. Frampton comes alive. So, so, but what would happen was the pot (laughs) that I would smoke had these seeds in it, and sometimes it would because she would use hairspray. So I'd take a take a little pipe pipe hit in my Baja bug. I had a Baja bug. And I take it, and the seed would pop in the in the bowl mm-hmm. and get up in my hair and would catch <laughs> my hair on fire. Nice. That <laughs> is not happening to these stoned kids who get in these car accidents. No, and there's their weed no is like seeds ten times the weed. stronger. There's some good and there's some bad about it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Hey, you know, I just had this crazy notion, Bob. You should do forest comes alive. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I, you were you're on it. You don't they they wouldn't Nate the man or the great Nate the man who helped with us with this and so many Oh, he things. drew the cover, huh? He but no, but I mean that concert that I played at McCabe's, which we're going to have to play another one Mike because that okay. was for Elvis to see me play a concert. Now Sid keeps saying, "I want to see you play a concert. Okay. I've let's never seen you really, play a concert." Let's do a really really good one. McCabe, that was really really good. There's it was an really album good. of it. But I, I wanted to call it Bob Forrest Comes Alive. <laughs> and Nate, Nate the man was like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, if you use He's the wrong. font from Frampton Comes Alive and we got a picture with the yellow light behind you, <laughs> yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. You could hold the guitar, yeah, but, sir, open your mouth. But, uh. I'm, but I'm telling you, these kids are so stoned. They're, they're killing other people. It is crazy. Like you would think with automatic driving cars and like 
and all the awareness, like deaths would go down. They're going up. No, but I do think it has to do with that people just don't respect other people anymore. Like Agreed. when you look at what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband, he was 82 years old. He was sleeping in his bed and some nutcase came in and hit him in the head with a hammer because <laughs> his wife is a politician. That, you know, uh, there's a lot of cynicism in the world. Oh, it's always been this way. That has never happened before. Actually, where, not exactly. Somebody's mindset is I'm entitled to go hit an 82 year old man in the head with a hammer because I don't like, like his wife's politics. It's just meanness. It's anger. And it's probably small penises have something to do with it also. I'm nice and I got a tiny winner. <laughs> So you're I'm so hung, nice. I'm guys hung like a field mouse, too? and I'm nice. <laughs> oh wow! But the uh, the idea when I was <laughs> growing awesome. up it was always always those macho guys that have you know big trucks and have to prove what man, men they are. Usually have little penises. This you know Pleasant Gemin helped me understand that. All our friends from the '80s, the gals, they would say, "Yeah, they just act like that because they have little dicks, right?" Yeah. So yeah. is this a whole nation of little dicked men? Who is uh, that? Is that what's going on? Well, most of the little white men, yeah. <laughs> LD, LDM, the, the LDM, the LDM. Because I don't think it has anything to do with politics. I just think it's meanness and it's awfulness and it's ignorance and it's it's well, crazy. Well, well, it is because the rude and it used to be like just. I, I totally get it. I, we were talking about that today, and I was talking about how much I miss how friendly people were in England and in France, even in France where people are supposed yeah, to be mean. I, France, uh, France, people are, they, well, were, they were, and we were tourists. Not, we were not. Yeah. And tourists are notoriously, notoriously despised by the French. Yeah. Right, no, France they, was nice, but I mean, I can tell you Brazil, one of the nicest countries in the world. I don't know how it gets his, it's, like thoughts that there's a bunch of kids running around robbing people. I went to the worst parts of Rio de Janeiro. Nobody is robbing anybody. It's just like, it's this country. Something's wrong with this country. And then you look at the symptoms. Anti-Semitism is up. Asian hate crimes are up. Um, uh, overdose rate through the roof, skyrocketing. Suicide rates through the roof, skyrocketing. Something is wrong with us as a people, this, as this one specific nation. Here's one thing about the woke culture that I don't like. They, they don't have a sense of humor. So we've also, oh, as a nation, lost, lost our sense of humor. So you got all these angry little white guys with, with small penises. Then you got all <laughs> these like educated people with no sense of humor. Like it's a mass of miserable people. Sassing white is, guys with tiny penises rioting in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> and then the woke culture people have no sense of humor. Like, you know what I mean? Here's the thing about the woke culture people. If they don't like Elon Musk, stop buying Teslas. I fucking hate Teslas. I don't like them. I don't like seeing them. They're in front of me. They, you know, you know, when, when Hummers, <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole time you know when Hummers was a sunroof. No, Hummers came along. Remember Hummers and everybody, all yeah. the liberals hated Hummers, those fucking Hummers. I feel that same way about Teslas. Well, everybody uh, on earth has a Tesla. 
Well, Bob, and yet they hate this guy. <laughs> I do. I, I I think Elon's one of the. I wish he wasn't as important as he is because he's ridiculous and very funny. To, to me, a lot of what he says is laughable because it, I just don't. I don't get it. But you know that meanness and the this this weirdness. I, I was talking to a client today who said she was um, she was thinking she was considering relapsing. But when she got a hold of the person that she was going to get the dope from, he said that all he had was death. They're calling this uh, this gray fentanyl that they're selling out here now death. Oh, they call it that as a marketing yes. tool. Yeah, See, but it doesn't outright kill you. You got a chance to get that play. Okay, Mike, say how you and Smitty and everybody back in the day would be chasing that death because I don't think you would. I don't think you would. If it was good, we would. <laughs> no, I don't think you would. That's like an old, that's a Lano Club, Costa Mesa Lano Club. Come on, really? We, I have no bravado. I don't Here's, No, but no, but you do. I don't even tell stories. The toilet about water stories. thing. Like, there's no reason to really use toilet water. You can uh, just hey, use the I have no water. fucking rhyme or reason why I did what I did, Bob. You think I figured it out back then or something? I had nothing <laughs> figured out. I fucking went like, there's some fucking water. I'm using it. That's why about would you it. just use the faucet that's right because to the right I was of the in the stall trying to be away from people who were in the bathroom. It's a fucking tiny little enclosed area <laughs> that you fucking are stuck in with some dope. You're gonna fucking use whatever's there if you're trying to get fucking high. No, I was that in not that a bravado. Same... I Wait, Chuck, I want I want to defend myself as a normal junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you never even shot. There's up a and... way to wait till people. I did it a million times. You go in the bathroom, nobody's in there. You take your spoon, you put a little, you just turn the faucet on a couple of drops, <laughs> and you go with your spoon inside the stall and you do it. Why are you using toilet water? <laughs> okay. That's what you did. That's what you did. Are you did. cantankerous tonight, Bob? Because <laughs> Do you remember that 76? Me and Smog used to go to the 76 station downtown uh, on the way back from, and it was on Beverly. On Beverly and fucking, yeah, it was right through that tunnel. Oh no, way down. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was uh, what's that tunnel? Is it second, uh, what? third street tunnel? Yeah, exactly. It, it comes over so, the other and side. And there's of the a freeway, 76 and station and the dirtiest, fucking there, yeah. shittiest, fucking bathroom with barely drips of water coming out of the faucet. The door was broken. That's where me and Smog shot. Out. Why wouldn't you just do it in your car? I used to don't just ask do it me why we did that because we were driving. <laughs> we didn't want it. We weren't like you. Yeah. Oh, I hate oh. it when my dad's fight. <laughs> I'm telling you, no, I but just, it has I, no bravado. There's nothing. No, I don't give a no, fuck. But I was there, Mike, and you were I, also in Bel Air at your girlfriend's house, yeah. overlooking the city. Because that was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, it was just there, the same way the toilet water was. Exactly. Bob, aren't you catching the the method to his madness? <laughs> whatever, whatever. In my was mind, there, Bob, it was equally was as there. important to okay. as nothing. Right? It was just so, nihilism, you know. So my my ex girl, my one of my ex girlfriends, I don't know, like a a gal friend of mine had a car. It was a Nissan Sentra, but. Um, Gibby Haynes renamed it Nissan Crackfinder. And nice. <laughs> we would go looking for crack like late at night. And uh and 
at this time I had adopted a new thing that if nobody's coming, you don't really need to sit there and wait out a red light because it's late at night. Right. If nobody's coming, just go. And the first time I did it, Gibby just said, uh, baby, that was red still. And I said, I know, but nobody's coming. And he said, yes, but we have drugs on us and paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) But could he spell paraphernalia? Because that's a rough one. (laughs) We had crack pipes and we were in the crack finder. And that made sense to me. Like, don't, we got drugs on us. Don't go through red lights. But until that moment, I had gone through red lights for six months a year did the crack finder have a little screen on the dashboard that like could find actually could find the crack that would have been great right? oh my god one time me and max got pulled over in her cadillac and i had dope and coke and i threw it down in the air conditioning vent of this 1961 oh, cadillac and then on I, we got away oh my god i took that whole dashboard apart i couldn't find that shit i don't know where it went but some <laughs> air conditioning repairman restorer of that car found two balloons of dope and a little baggie of crack some at one point. <laughs> but I took the whole dashboard out and I had the tubes. I pulled the tubes off and I was like, where the fuck did it go? It like disappeared into the Cadillac dashboard. Uh, but um, and then I was wishing like I didn't do that, which then I would have gone to jail, Chuck, which would would I have yeah, liked jail, that better? Right. No. Yeah. Well, Bob, there are no balloons. Didn't you that, ever think about swallowing them? Yeah, I, I sometimes would. But, you know, I this is early on in my disease, in the disease. You know, it's a progression. It's a progression. I tell parents it all the time when I when I first did heroin, I only bought it from people like top Jimmy got it for me. And I'd have to get ripped off by him. Give him a hundred. He'd give me $40 worth. It would take five hours. You see how that yeah. is. I'm supposed to think on the fly immediately. And be brilliant. <laughs> and Bob gets a pass. He doesn't have to think about swallowing the balloons instead of throwing them down the air. Well, I never would swallow. I never would swallow. I'm just keep them in my mouth. But but um, but I wasn't ready to put them in my mouth yet. They were still kind of icky, diseased. You know, they came out of another person's <laughs> you're mouth. Gonna, you're but then, you're gonna put them in your veins. But, but a few months or a year later, I would put them in my mouth as soon as I bought them because the saliva of the guy I'm buying it from is is of no consequence to me, Chuck. You know, <laughs> okay, it's called the right. progressive of the progression of the disease. So I used to be really scared. Then I started going and buying it at dealers houses from francois from fabrice from from and i would always like get it put it under the spare tire of my car put the rug over top you know like and then i drive home and then i get it out and then i do it but eventually you don't put in the you just put in your pocket and drive home then eventually you don't even drive home you just get it and do it in your car right and then you don't have a car and then you eventually <laughs> just do it right out in the open street. The last time I used heroin, I was just sitting on a stoop on Wilshire and Alvarado. And uh, Did I you just use water? Up right in the, no, I used regular <laughs> water with a little thing I carried around with me of water. Are you kidding me? I never used toilet water in my life. <laughs> Did you ever get hepatitis C or B? I got them um, both. Fantastic Good for you. You collect yeah, them all. I'm two for two. <laughs> Did you get rid of it? I got rid of, I, you never get, I'm in remission of hepatitis 
B, and I got rid of hepatitis C. But the damage is done. We're all going to die of liver cancer eventually. How did you get rid of um, uh, Harvoni? Harvoni, the magic of Harvoni. Don't you remember that when he was trying to get the, <laughs> the treatment? And our, that was, our it was a big deal. Our How much did it cost for stuff? you? How much did it cost for you? Nothing. Our listeners gave it to me. They sent it in. Oh. Was that on this show, Chuck, or was that on another podcast? I, I, I remember you being super vocal about it. I remember the yeah, time. Yeah, people like, started sending it. It was like it five, six years ago. Yeah, people started sending it to me because I was supposed to pay $20,000 for it. And yeah, I didn't have charge me seven thousand dollars to. Yeah, what you you haven't treated yours yet? No, you he's know gonna. You, is your viral load up? Uh, but it's called it's called Oculus or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's even better than Harvoni. Yeah, like a it's a ninety nine point nine percent cure rate or something. Yeah, it costs but, a lot though. But um. But, you know, something that came up in the news today was um, the bass player from Rage Against the Machine has prostate cancer, and he talked about this hideous for-profit healthcare system. The, he called it the most evil corporation on the face of the earth, which I agree I, wholeheartedly. You don't hear musicians say radical shit anymore. You know what I mean? We go to war in Iraq. You don't hear one musician say anything about it, against it. We fucking we do all this shit. Trump comes along. Nobody says anything. All this stuff that all the great rock and roll heroes for up until now would have said shit against. Then nobody says a word. And it was so refreshing to hear this guy. You should read the article in uh, Spin, I think, or Rolling Stone, where he just says, you know, they didn't make it seem to me to be so serious and so they let a year go by like we have a broken healthcare system in america and nobody really knows about it or says anything about it it's broken There's and i'll tell you why we we're all sick here we got this uh, whatever this non-covid thing we all got you got the blue is it we, the rsv no, it's a rsv I just got it bad. He was up all night last night. He's had it for like three or four days. Sid had Poor it for like two weeks. And and I've got it, but I, I try not to pay attention, but it's pretty rough. And uh. and I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So finally today I wanted to get an appointment for Idris. Uh how about a, a see your pediatrician on December 19th, Chuck? Is that gonna help with this RSV <laughs> thing today? That was the first time. That was the first appointment they had because Chuck, you got to understand, they're they're swamped and they're overwhelmed. That's because you're a for-profit healthcare system. You don't have enough people that work there. That's right. why it's for-profit. When you're for-profit, you want to have the minimal amount of staff to serve the system. That's why COVID, we had to shut down the society because we don't have a healthcare system like France, like England, like the Scandinavian countries that is ready to serve its people. We have a for-profit healthcare system that doesn't give a fuck about the people. It gives a fuck about profits. Yeah. I'm telling you, the insurance industry is a scam. Hell yeah. And yeah. we're the only country in the world that goes along with it. And so now when my son has RSV, we can't see a doctor in person till the night to, in, for six days. 
He's either going to die or be, he's either going to die, be in the hospital or be better in six days. The fuck is the point of that? And nobody complains about it. We just all go along with it. Like, oh, this is great healthcare. No, it's not. It's not. And, and the guy from Rage well, Against the Machine goes, I forget his name, but he goes into great detail about how they didn't tell him how serious his cancer was. And now he's fighting for his life. And this is, this is a repeated story that major media will not pick up. You want to know why, Chuck? You ever watch television? What's advertised on television? Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> pharmaceutical drugs that yeah. are that are 10 times the price of anywhere else in the world medicare advantage right harvoni mm -hmm. it's a for-profit healthcare system and it needs to be abolished and if anybody cares like they would take up that mantle they would say we can't have a for-profit healthcare system in a 21st century world we can't we we can't. The problem is you're fighting money on that one. It's hard like, to fight well, against hundreds of billions. But aren't you billions, fighting money you know? on everything? Weren't you fighting money on tobacco? Weren't you fighting money on the oil industry? Weren't you fighting money on the banking industry, on the monopolies of the transportation industry in America? Haven't we always been fighting money? And we And the public good has pretty much won every time against the banks, against the monopolies, against the tobacco industry, against, you know, and, but yet when it comes to healthcare, we just all sign up for this shittiest healthcare. We pay uh, 900, 600, 700. We pay $1,600 a month for healthcare. Our son can't see a doctor for six days when he's sick. What kind of system is that? Did they tell you to go to chalk or something like that? No, they you... tell you to go to urgent care, which I drove by there. And there's like, a, you know, you, it, they have the urgent care inside is full. So then people are waiting outside. And then they, as people leave, you can go inside and wait for another two hours. Yeah. With, with a small child. Like, and I'm not, and I'm not shitting out. I love all the people that work at Kaiser and I love all the people that work at my rehab and I love the healthcare workers, that's, that's different. They still have the same jobs. It's the corporations. It's the, it's the Anthem blue shield, blue cross corporations of this country that control our healthcare. One third of every dollar is arguing about the bill. Right. Imagine if, 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 if only 10 cents were about arguing the bill and, and 90 cents went to healthcare, you know, it, it's just beyond me. It's beyond me how this country puts up with this. Like traditionally, I know it's been like the artists and the, the free thinkers to come up with the questions to, to start the questioning for, for things to be sorted out. But so how do you, how do you, how would someone do this? You start with a state that has enough money? Like, you, okay, so we talk about California, right? This is something where we live, where you said that we support, what, 22 other states, something yeah, like that? Yeah, 22 other states. Okay, so you take some of that money and you go, you know what, we're going to provide infrastructure for healthcare for Californians. And well, Massachusetts, Massachusetts is the gold standard. That's where Obamacare got invented, ironically, by a Republican named Mitt Romney. It was called Romney Care back then. 
and it's excellent. Mm. France has France. I know they're politicians. So stupid. So 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 in France, there's there's a twofold system. Everybody gets the basics, and it's all excellent, right? A friend of mine got injured in France and said it was excellent. I compound fractured my leg in Canada. It was excellent. I was in and out of the hospital in a day and a half, two days. Um, I had the operation. I paid like fifty bucks back then, and like eighty six for the whole thing. And but you're out the door and you're on your way and there's no special privileges. But in the modern day France, if you want like to stay in a fancy hospital room and you want to stay longer, you just pay cash. You don't pay into the healthcare. You don't buy insurance to have basic healthcare. The state provides it. The country provides it. But if you want fancy healthcare, or you want you know two EKGs a year, you pay for it. That's a fair system to me, but everybody paying and getting like shitty care and then wealthy people paying and getting great care and then saying we have the best care in the world. No, Qatar has the best care in the world. Saudi Arabia has the best care in the world. Those Middle Eastern countries have the best health care in the world. Not us. Mm. We're like 22nd, right? So, That's not very so good. It, and and I just bring it up because it's another example. I'm sitting there. Why do we pay this sixteen hundred dollars if our kid can't see a doctor today when he's sick? When he was up all night last night throwing up. You want to know a side note about this, Chuck? So when babies, you know, he's a year and nine months or ten months. When babies swallow their phlegm and you give them a bottle, that's a toxic brew in their little tummies. Snot hmm. and milk. Not a good combo. I read, I was, you know, because I wasn't doing a lot of the caring for the child last night. I was just giving moral support. You know what I'm saying, Chuck? How it is? Chrissy was dealing with it and I was giving her moral support throughout the night. But I was able to lay down and nap and kind of look up and read on my phone. The reason why there's mythology that, that if you have a cold, you shouldn't have dairy or milk because it creates more snot. That that that's the lie there because it creates more s- snot. That's the kind of uh, that's the wives' uh, tale. Yeah, that's the, the wives', wives tale. tale. It's because the the combination in your stomach, if you swallow your snot like children do, the combination of milk and and mucus makes you throw up. So that's why we have so much throwing up in children. Have you noticed how much children throw up? Here's who throws up in this country, Chuck. Children and alcoholics. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, <laughs> Me I when I have spicy you, food I, now. <laughs> I like thrown up maybe two times in the last 10 years. But when I was alcoholic, I threw up on a pretty regular basis. Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I got good at it. I could walk and do it while I'm walking and not yeah, even skip a step. Yeah, I could do it while I'm driving, just roll <laughs> yeah. the window down and puke yeah. out or open the door to stoplight and puke. But, yeah. but so it's babies and young children throw up a lot and alcoholic people throw up a lot. But the rest of us don't throw up all that much, right? Okay. And, and so... Uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a pet peeve of mine. You can't get your, so they said, well, we, we could get you a, um, a phone call. And I said, a zoom call. Cause I think you have to, I'd feel better if somebody looked at him cause he looks real lethargic and uh, you know, he looks, he looks really sick today. He looks really sick. So I said, 
um, can we do a Zoom call? And they're like, oh, we could get you a Zoom call on Friday at three o'clock. Oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you guys are understaffed. Did you tell them that? Did you say it sounds like you guys are horribly understaffed? No, they, they talked about, I was down at the pharmacy too at Kaiser. They said, we're swamped right now. Oh, no kidding. Because it's flu season. No kidding. You didn't know this. You know what? <laughs> right after the new year, right after the new year, I have, I told the guy, I have rehab. So right after the new year, we know like a lot of people are coming in because it's like <laughs> after the holidays and people were drunk and people, you know, they people lost up. their jobs so, at the Christmas party. So it tends, to, <laughs> tends to be like January, February. A lot of people go to rehab, but we kind of know that consistently. I've been doing this for 25 years. I'll bet you, you guys had a tip off that there was flu season. <laughs> you know what? You should tell them to go to CVS if they're not sure when this it's going to happen because they tell us it's flu season. Yeah, it's flu season. <laughs> that you get your flu shot. That's a tip to Kaiser. Hey, better man all the stations. A bunch of flu people are coming. <laughs> right? But this guy had such a great sense of humor. He was laughing. The guy at the pharmacy in San Dimas. He was, he was a good guy. But... um. But it is crazy. Like, I don't know anybody. Does anybody you know go, gosh, I have the best health care? Is there anybody you know that says that? No, I know I young people, young people in the, like, I have a guy, Patrick, that works with me. He's only like 30 or 32. He's never been to, a, he hasn't been to a doctor in like five years. He hasn't been to a hospital his whole lot, you know, in 10 years. So he's like always puzzled what I'm talking about. I said, well, you're healthy. You never Wait have to you deal with them. it. Wait, Wait till, till you need them. <laughs> They're going to go, oh, yeah, we could see you in nine days. <laughs> right. Right. Now that, now that I think about it, that's what I usually end up having to do is go into a, an urgent care. And if it is a flu season or if it was any time during the when the pandemic was in full force, that was impossible. Yeah. And and. Well, it's in full force. I didn't have a mask in my car. I got to get some masks back in my car. Apparently, you got to wear a mask to go into a hospital now. And so then I went in. I didn't want to seem like an antisocial person. So I stood in the doorway and I said, can I get a mask? Really, really timidly like that, Chuck. Can you hear that? that that's can hard I to get believe. A, can I get a mask? <laughs> May I please have a May mask? May I please have a mask? And the lady went and got one from behind the counter. And I was like, thank you so much. Where's the pharmacy? And she said, you're in the wrong building. You know, they got so many buildings. You're stupid. <laughs> Get out of here, stupid. Give me my mask back, stupid. Mike, do you know anybody that goes, I love my health care? I get really good health care? Uh, one guy. He gets it for free, you, though. I bet you he gets Medicare. Yeah, Medicare. He gets Medicare from disability. and you know, Yes, and Medicare is great, Chuck. You ever notice that? People talk about Medicare. Hey, I just come here. I was just talking about how sick you are. Are you sick, buddy? You know what you should try to do, Bob, next time or this time or whatever is my advice is just go down there and sit in the damn office in the waiting room and just go, look, I'm not leaving until you see somebody. Ooh. Well, that's what I did with Sid last year. It, it, it works. You, you know, you kind of throw a fit and say you're denying a six-year-old child to see a doctor and they kind of, but you still have to wait two or three hours. Yeah. Like, yeah but at least okay. it's inside and not. Outside. Yeah, but what? <laughs> but let me tell you something. You have to wait two or three hours because they're understaffed because they're for profit. Come here, I just I want to show everybody. Come here, I want to show. Are you feeling sick, buddy? Come here, come here, bud. 
Come on. Cough into the microphone. Cough into the microphone. <laughs> Maybe we can get somebody to look at you. Maybe we got a doctor that listens. You know, because Kaiser's trying to give you an appointment with your chosen doctor, your your special doctor. That's how that that works. But if you just go, I'll see any doctor. I don't care. They'll they 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 come up with something. Yeah. They, well, they mostly tell you to go to urgent care if it's really if the temperature gets to be above whatever. And you guys understand. I think you live through. Come here, Idris. You know that he had that seizure, so we're real concerned mm -hmm. about him having a temperature that gets too high. What are you doing, bud? What are you doing? Want to open up one of your Christmas presents? <laughs> I, I let him do it. <laughs> Will that make the flu the go tree, away? Will you sleep tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. The tree is in my office. There are the presents. Uh -huh. what do you do? There you are, bud. What do you want to do? What are you doing, you bud? Are you feeling sick? Tree. Are you feeling sick? <laughs> no, I want to check out the Christmas tree. Uh, there he is. What's inside? Uh, hey, there? I just go ahead. You can open that one that's right in front of you. <laughs> Mike Mart said you can. Go ahead. Come on, bud. Um, so, anyways, it and and for me, I don't care. I'll be I'll be sick. I've been sick. I don't really whatever. But when a kid's sick and they have seizure disorder from running a temperature and you can't see a doctor for six days, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, and that's yeah. that's why I'm it's upset. So, but and go to urgent care. So you don't want yeah. to know my whole theory on healthcare and why there's not changing it and why they're not doing anything about. They, they, they want everyone to die. You, it's exactly Bob. It's an income <laughs> stream for them. It's like small streams all going into Social Security. It's another older person that will not have to pay. They won't have to pay Social Security, and uh, they keep the population down. The young kids are getting killed by the fentanyl. The Come old here. people are getting killed Chrissy. by bad health care. What do you eat? Right, Chuck? What's I'm just going to talk Chrissy? to Chuck. I'm going to be like Bob. I'm going to hate Chuck, right? <laughs> okay, you know, right? the, uh, but you know, it, it doesn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me that people are being allowed to die off. I mean, I hate to be that negative. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? They, they have mathematicians up there, man, that are fucking doing all this shit. And they figure oh out that hey, God. you know, we can't cure cancer. We can't give that cure that we have. Really, you're just out. trying to keep kids alive until they leave the house, aren't you? Yeah, he picked something up and was chewing on it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just some cat shit or something. No, I think it's my nicotine gum. Oh, that's not good, Bob. <laughs> 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 that's not good at all. <laughs> not for a sick baby. No. I think it is. It's, it wouldn't be, I don't want to say, you know, it, like I think it was because sometimes I I work in here. And so I'm talking on the phone and when I'm done with it, chewing the gum, I just set it down. on. Did the, you check his mouth? Yeah. He said, what, you know, whatever. It's gone now. <laughs> Holy but, but anyways, he wouldn't be awake right now if he was, if Kaiser would have helped him. You know, I, I always thought Kaiser was the, the gold standard. They are good. I have, I have They're good. Like They're it. the only system I know. I had I had Anthem Blue Shield for years, and I mean it just got worse and worse. It's just too many people. There's just too many people that are sick all the time. Well, lately, man, it seems like there's always someone. There's, there's always someone out of work, and we're we've got a small crew right now. Not, I don't know if it's people got used to taking sick days because of the. 
Corona or people are more comfortable with taking time off, but it seems like there's always someone out. Well, and since, since classroom there, I guess there's like 20 kids. There was only like 12 the other day when I dropped her off. Like there's, there's something going on in Southern California, but you can't tell me they didn't know. They started sending out flu shots, get your flu shot like three, four months ago in summer. I mean, you got to admit, man, old people are kind of disgusting, you know? So I'm setting up all the symphony. It's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of really old musicians and they're all just really like, you know, they get in your way, they sit in the chair and they don't move and they ask for stuff and they talk about their goiters and their nicks and the, ah, i haven't seen you since the last time oh yeah my ankle swelled up you know and they're playing the cello and and, and they have they have knee replacement surgeries and stuff yeah i don't but, want to fall apart i just want to die quick well <laughs> be careful what you wish for my god hey that is, that is a blessing man i'm telling you i i don't know i just think it, it's just like we're in such a strange state, our country, how it got this way. And here's the thing. I'll admit to you, Chuck, I've been complaining the whole time. I've been complaining <laughs> since the 70s, right? <laughs> yeah. But things were pretty fucking good when I was complaining, like, like me complaining about George Herbert Walker Bush. Like the guy is like a diplomat statesman compared to what we've had the last 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like a genius. He's a genius <laughs> of statesmanship, and I want him dead. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, that's so So funny. I've been complaining the whole time. But now you got to admit, there's some complaining that's needed about this society, don't you think? <laughs> okay. Oh, <yeah. laughs> okay. How about we have a congresswoman who said if she was in charge of the January 6th insurrection, they would have won. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> they, yeah. and they would have been armed. And this, this, I, this, you know, this is a person that has a vote in the Congress. <laughs> there well, would have been I, more I, dead people is all that would have happened. It wouldn't have changed the freaking, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to take down the government by... God, it's just the whole thing is so silly. That well, was such I mean, a bad plan I, from the get. I mean, it's just, it's, but it's all this misery, and I and I see it around me. Like I, I, you know, like I live in upper middle class neighborhood. Most of the people I know are upper middle class, and all they do is complain about yeah. taxes and trash yeah. pickup, and like, when did we just become this? <laughs> Kind of like we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you that I just do it on this podcast. Like, I'm living my life. I'm fine. I mean, I could talk about Sid, you know, Sid wearing a Johnny Thunders sweatshirt to school the other day. She wore, um, you know, Sid has the coolest wardrobe in Claremont, no doubt. She has a yeah, craft yeah. work shirt. I saw those and, pictures, man. That's and, um, yeah. And, and yeah, yesterday I picked her up from school. I looked up at Mount Baldy when I was driving down to school to pick her up. And I thought, I wonder if there's snow up there. Maybe we can get to the snow. We just drove up there and went to the snow and had a snowball fight right after school. We were home by 3.50. I picked her nice. up at 2.45. We went to the snow. We had a snowball fight. You know, Chuck, I don't know if you know this or not, but snow and ice and being in the mountain snow is really cold. It's really fucking cold. Yeah, no, no. Like your hands get numb cold. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't bring any jackets, by oh, the way, Jesus. and I wasn't wearing socks. So <laughs> what the fuck? I, 
<laughs> no, but I did. I didn't plan on going to the snow. I was driving down. I looked up in the mountains. It was all blue skies and snow on the on Mount Baldy. And I thought, oh, I'll just take. I'll pick it up and we'll, we'll go up there. Go <laughs> run up there. And we had a snowball fight, and it was great. But it was fucking cold. Like I don't know how those people live up there. It was crazy <laughs> cold. Yeah, <laughs> they dress for it. That's how. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, they have jackets. <laughs> I didn't even have a jacket on. I'll send you guys a picture. I didn't even I had a t-shirt and I had my regular old man boots with no socks on with holes in them. Jeez. I gotta send you this right. picture. That's fun. Me and with me and Sid. But look at I'm, I'm in the fucking 27 degrees. Uh, I gotta find where you guys are. Uh and you gotta see this. We're just up there in the snow, me and my t-shirt. Well, at least you didn't but it was the RV and you were sliding off of a cliff or something. Yeah, yeah I'm not, you know, Chrissy brought up that fucking RV today because we're, uh, uh, we're, um, we're consolidating our stuff. We're like, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're getting, we're cleansing ourselves of, uh, whatever of excess. And so then, uh, she said, what about the, the kids call it the, um, the car house. What about the car house? And I was like, yeah, I got so much money in the car house. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not going to go up in value much. <laughs> no, it's not. But I you figured know, out a scam. I figured out a thing. So it's kind of become a thing on this Don't Die podcast that my RV fiasco. What if we raffle it off here? What if we raffled it off on Don't Die podcast? Like everybody, like say what hundred dollar chances? Hundred dollar, yeah. How many? How many to make five thousand dollars? If you five, uh, if it's a hundred dollars, fifty. Okay, one in fifty shot. How about one in fifty shot to win Bob's RV? Is that a good deal, Chuck? Would people do it? I don't think so. I, would, I don't think the people who listen to this podcast have a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh well wow. A hundred bucks to have a legendary custom made by Bob Forrest RV. Hey, you know what, Bob? You could do like they did in the Scotland and make it into squares and sell it, you know, just you know, um, oh, yeah, one yeah. foot square you know, and you could put it on eBay Bob. and then you could advertise the eBay thing and just have a minimum bid that it's got to hit you know is that then, how you do it yeah you have it like i've, I've put stuff on ebay before and you, you put in you put in a, a minimum amount that you'll let it go for and then once it passes that then it's good to go well yeah i gotta i gotta deal with the rv because uh it is I fired it up the other day. It still fires up good. It still runs good. It's only Dimitri got plays a lot. Miles. What? Dimitri's Dimitri's playing all the time. You should sell it to him. He's got a lot of gig money. What? The off is playing? I see they're 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 going. Yeah, I see that they're up and running again. They're oh, going. Oh yeah, to, they have the movie coming out. They they have a new movie coming out that yeah, the stars LSD. in free LSD. Yeah. I it heard. Is. I heard it's good. Pete Weiss told me it's cool looking. Mm. And D.H. Pelegra is one of the stars of it. Oh, nice. A little tribute to D.H. So here, here's an interesting thing. In a, in, I guess there's a drum off between Don Bowles and D.H. Um, if you were going to bet one of those two guys would die within the next six months, which would you bet on? 
It's not DH. He seemed healthy as a horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, stuff. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. You know, that's like, that's why we just got to appreciate. You know what? I didn't well, even. Well, Don Balls probably sold his soul to the devil. So he's probably going to live like Keith Richards. He does kind of look the same. He looks how the much, same. How same. much do you give for a used soul like that? I mean, really? Uh, no, I don't Don, know. Don is, uh, he, he's, he, he's at a lot dude. of, he's at a lot of places. He does a lot of stuff still. Yeah. I've no, seen, him, yeah, I've seen like, him all over the place yeah. with his big fur hat. Yeah, he's got the. It's like a Fred, Fred Flintstone hat, like the wa- water buffalo. Hat. Yeah, the water buffalo. Yeah. Um, so, so it, you know, my day to day life is good. This Christmas is coming. We got presents under the tree. We got that tree at Home Depot for eighty nine dollars. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that, I think that's uh, what, yeah. That's I think great. that's what, that's what I paid for. Mine, yeah. eighty nine bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no people pay like two hundred fifty dollars for Christmas. Nah, you Home yeah, Depot, they do man. though. They do. Yeah, Home Depot. You go to Home Depot. You, you pick them out. You cut open the cut open the netting. Shake them out. See what they look like. Yeah, take yeah. them home. You know what cracks me up is the people that buy the fake ones for like five six hundred dollars and go, I'm saving some money. <laughs> like long <laughs> long term. They <laughs> last ten years. How the fuck are you saving some money, dude? <laughs> I get it. Why over ten years, it saves okay. a lot of money. So yeah. then what? You're going to wait like six or seven years before it actually pays itself? Break off? even? You break even? Your kids and are it starts to gone. look old. It starts track. to look old. We have a fake tree in the living room. It starts to look old after like two years. You can tell it's a fake tree. Yeah, oh, I'm saving money. Like the first the first thing. But, um, but Christmas is coming. Uh, and now we got this other thing where Sid has to go to school next week. And Elvis is off uh, Friday. Elvis is off Thursday. Mine are tiered somehow. And yeah, it's fucked up. So I said, like, do I have to go? And I was like, well, we have to act like we're going. But I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like. I do think it's a bummer. Like, if you just said, no, she's not going to go the last, those four days. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week. And Thursday, as they get out at noon, you want to be there the last couple days before Christmas break, Right. So I'm thinking we'll go do something on Monday and Tuesday and then go back to school on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm so sick of these school schedules. I can't tell you. Like, was it this hard when we were kids? Like, I just got up in the morning and went to school. Like, it didn't seem like it had to be this big, huge ordeal. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I only have one in school. With only one in school, um, but I, uh, my mom, my mom never left the house. How how the hell did we get to school? You walked, you rode a bike, you went with friends. We hoofed it most of the time. And then when we got bicycles, we gave each other's rides on the handlebars. Yeah, I used you to. Have, when you I, must have rode the bus, Bob. Yeah, and it, first through third grade, I walked because it was it was pretty far. It was from it was like a ways it took like you it took you like 20 minutes to walk to school but then when i lived in the desert <laughs> we took a bus but the bus was way up you had to walk all the way up to the bus stop <clears throat> and the kids from all over where i lived there was like 20 of us got picked up all at once and then we went but my mom never drove me to school 
It's like crazy. We got to drive them, pick them up. There's a million people. Do you know they have these custom names that go in the window so that you can, they know, uh, and it's not very, like if you were going to kidnap some kid, you just put a fake name in the window. I don't think they're really matching names to kids, right? <laughs> but yeah. everybody just pulls up in this long line. It's like a, you know, and kids get walk out to the cars and they drive away and more pull up and more pull up. And it's just like such a waste of fuel and energy. There seems like there's got to be a better way to get kids to school. Like it's too far to walk for sure. But it seems like if there was a bus at the end of our our street, I would have her take that. It'd be fun. Take a bus to school. At this point, the only thing about school buses that my kids know is songs on TV. They don't know what a school <laughs> bus is. Yeah. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. They all know that song, but none of them have ever ridden on a school bus. Oh, it, it is kind of cool. We stopped doing Bug on the morning bus just because he doesn't have to leave as early. Um, and I can drive him and we get time in the car, listen to music, but it's all close. It's not a big deal. It's kind. Of, it's actually on my way to work. You know what's so interesting? You go to the school at 8.10. I'm not kidding. And it's a small school, K through five, uh, K through six. You go there. It seems like Grand Central Station. There's a million cars going in different directions and people jaywalking and people trying to run to get their kids to school. No shit. It's but a circle of I, death. It's horrible. But I got there today at 840. Nothing. Empty. I even, I even said to Sid, are you sure there's school today? Like there's nobody here. And it's just like, why couldn't, if they can, if they can stagger the vacations, why can't they stagger the start times? Chuck, you ever thought of that? You mm. ever thought of that? Huh? Huh? That's big yeah. brain stuff. Huh? That's too complicated for them. You should work for the school. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, should, you should organize your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, Mike, I wanted to ask Mike about something totally off topic. I saw your daughter played the house of blues. She did. She opened for Social Distortion. First she gig. played? Her band wow, played the first how'd it go? Gig. It was great. It was really great. Uh, you how know, long did uh, they play for? 30 minutes? Uh, 45 minutes. They played an opening. 45 minutes? For Social Distortion. Wow. Yeah, their very first show. I mean, I had to literally tell them, look, okay, your monitor engineer is over to your left. You don't ask me out front. Where, you know, to for things in the monitors, you look over to your left, there's Isaac, you, you know, you say, hey, can I have some more vocals? Can I have some guitar? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, when there's text on the stage, you know, just courtesy stuff, like, you know, when there's text on the stage around the drum kit, don't play the drums, don't fire up your amps. Is that what you did in text in the horse heads? Is that what they did? Did you get that speech in text in the horse heads? When you <laughs> uh, no, started my out dad there? was like not around. But anyway, you know, I was helping them out and they all followed direction. It was all really good. Like at the rehearsals, you know, it's like, okay, look, you go into one song, you stop. Are you the song. manager? You sound no, like the but manager. I'm trying to help them so they don't stand up there and look like, you know, have a bad show, their first show. So they tightened it up and they, there were no pauses or anything. They boom, they went one from one song right into the next song. It was good. It was really good. And I made them wow. sound awesome. And there was a whole bunch of people there. It was great. And I've heard quite a few a, of the songs. They're good. You know, here's a funny thing, man. Is like, you know, Mike Ness is very important in my early sobriety, right? Like when I first got sober, you know, he heard about it and he needed a guitar tech. And he said, look, um, come with me out on the road, you know? 
And I, I mean, I wasn't to be trusted, right? I was a, you know what a bad junkie was. I was a steal your shit junkie, you know? And uh, right. he took me out on the road and, uh, you know, I toured with them for quite a bit. He gave me my first sober job. Mike was, you know, and I told him, I, I you know, I introduced him to my daughter and I said, you know, I don't, there's the infinite design of the universe. You know, I don't know if she would be here. I don't know where I would be if you hadn't have done that. I've never told you this, but I'm very grateful for what you did. You know, and he was like, wow, well, very cool. It was cool. And they're doing, they're doing that whole Christmas month. How, how many shows do they uh, play? They did like five nights there or something. They're really good. Oh, that's it. Wow. And he well, was how excited. Nice, and it was really a great experience for them. You got is pictures with them and stuff. Is she excited? Where yeah, the she was like the best night of her life. So What's far, the name of the band? What's the name of it? Showback. It's um, my, his, my niece and my daughter. Or and the niece is um, Brooke's daughter, uh, Devin's sister. That died. yeah, yeah, I remember. And uh, she's a singer, and uh, Sophia plays bass, and then it's a couple of guys. One of them was as uh, Sophia's friend from school, Jack. That she's gone all the way. Are they punk rock? Back. Are they punk rock? Uh, it's like emo, kind of emo-ish. Some punk rock, a little bit in there, but it's you know well, on the bat there. on the bathroom floor. I mean, Bug didn't stop playing that when I first got oh, that as a cool. single. He liked it over and over and over. And when I introduced him to Audrey, because I was in a band with Nikki for a few years with uh, Dodge Dart, right. and and Nick Schobeck is is, is uh, her father. You know, Audrey's father, and he's a friend of mine and my brother-in-law. So. Yeah, so, he's really so a good should, guy. We should play their song on the outro. Oh uh, yeah, sure, we could. Yeah, and um, wow, that's great. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah Johnny Two Bags played on that bathroom floor song too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Really? And from what from what I understood, Aud Audrey was telling him, "No, not like that. More like this." So she had an <laughs> idea of where it was she's, going. And yeah, she's very driven. I mean, she is. You know. She, yeah, she's amazing. And and she puts Wow, when are they playing next? When are they playing next? I don't know. They're so high off of this gig, who knows? You know how that we we should we should record a show pre-show before we before the show there. We could talk. Yeah, Dick's sober. There's a lot of sober people around that band. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Well, let's have a show. Let's put on a show. Well, so what let's talk about Christmas. What are you guys doing for Christmas, Chuck? Are you staying home? Are you going somewhere? Are you um Oh no, this yeah, this one's a stay home. This and one's, you got a this tree upstairs, you're down uh, in the uh, now the, the now the downstairs, it's a it's a small town home, but we do have two floors and the living area is downstairs. We got a we got a good tree up. We've been doing a lot of shopping. Bug's been digging it. Bug got up on stage with me the other night. I sat I in with 77 that. RPM. My friend called me and said, hey, can you learn 13 songs? And I said, I don't think so. But I did. And I sat in with them. And uh, Bug got up and he did uh, sang California Sun with us. That's it. And, and, then, oh, and wow. his fear of getting on a stage is so great. I mean, everybody from Noodles to Jack to you name it has tried to get him to go on a stage and you would yeah. never go near one. And last Friday night, he walked across the bar. He told all his teachers, I'm playing in a bar next Friday. And we did not have him. <laughs> we didn't. And he go, it's this bar behind Huntington Beach. It wasn't even, he wasn't even making sense. But his teacher asked, I said, no, I'm sitting in with some friends. And then Bug, yeah, and those guys were so cool. They said, yeah, let's have him up. If he won't come up, I'll go down and he can, 
you know, do yeah, it from there. Is, uh, this is James Kai's band, Jim Kai. No, this is um, uh, Kevin Beatles and Cat Beatles. They're uh, they're a couple that they've got a couple projects. I've actually so they're just good people. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it was super cool. And it, and that's when when I saw that uh, that you had you had family doing we that. Both had kids on stage about the same time, sort of. Yeah, just, just insane and fun. And, and so it's just like sticking close to home and just, you know, kind of circling the wagons for the holidays. So I what's everybody getting? Elvis is into fishing. Elvis, I got him a fishing pole. He's into fishing. I have two that play instruments. Got him those little black stars, an amp inside of a headphone. Yeah. Those wow. are cool and necessary. So, so, what, so you, what did you get your kids, Bob? Did you go shopping? I got f- Elvis you- is obsessed with fishing. He went fishing at Pyramid Lake. He caught a like 15 pound catfish and oh cooked my it. God. And uh, I got pictures of that. And then he caught did a trout. Fishing bowl? I got him a fishing pole and tackle box. But he listens to the podcast. I don't know. Oh. He listens to this podcast. He's going to know. And he then you can't more. really wrap a fishing pole. We were trying to, because it doesn't break down it's like a good long one or whatever what did happen is elvis has a friend that he wanted to get something special for who likes the red hot chili peppers yeah and the red hot chili peppers autographed a guitar and giving it to his friend for her hanukkah hanukkah presents so it's more about giving it's about fun like you know I have that theory where you just spoil your children so that nothing matters to them and material things don't matter. And most, mostly Sid, Sid wanted to go Christmas shopping for everybody else. Elvis wanted to get this guitar or get, he wanted to get them to autograph something. And I said, well, I think, let me figure it out. And then, and then got an autographed guitar. And today, Michael Flea Balthery became a father for the third time today. He had a son today. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old dads unite. (laughs) (laughs) We're forming a union, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, it was really cool. (laughs) Healthy and everything's cool. So it's just been, you know, but what are we going to do? We're going to go to Chrissy's parents and you know, do that and then try to get the fuck out of here. Like, uh, you know, but Christmas is, you know, the th- idea of getting stuff for other people. I, I like that. I'm trying to, trying to yeah. focus on that, but Elvis will be surprised. He got a fishing. Cause he asked me, do you fish that? And I was like, Nope. I used to fish with Rodney King was the only person I go fishing with. Cause that's the only thing Rodney King liked to do fishing. And so it's the only time he could, <laughs> it's the only time he could kind of sponsor him. I was the sponsor for a while. It's the only time he could talk with him. He'd say, want to go fishing? And I'd be like, not really, not really. <laughs> but then I, re- I went with him one time to this lake up here by Raging Waters in, in West Covina. And I went there and he, and we could talk. So, uh, you know, we'd fish and, and whatever. But I said, no, I haven't been fishing other than with rodney king and now he's dead so i don't think i'm gonna go fishing and elvis like would you go fishing with me and i was like for you elvis i might go fishing so we're gonna try to go fishing on the christmas break but you know you know i i used to fish at 
uh, salt and sea and you'd catch those crappie like you'd catch 10 of them in like two hours the tilapia you know? yeah huh. what do they call it? yeah they fart tilapia, or they jump yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever they are they, they that, can live in that super salty water yeah so when i was a kid you when you threw a line and you caught a fish the last 10 times i've gone you throw a line in you're there for hours you don't even get a nibble it's kind of crazy that's so, kind of better then you don't have to so do you want to go to lake castaic no, they go to Pyramid Lake. What is Pyramid Lake? Pyramid Lake is up by Lake Castaic. It's before Lake Castaic. Isn't it? It's on the pass. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. On the I-5. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's been there twice. And um, and so, yeah, we're going to go fishing. But, but I, you know, it's never been the same. Don't you remember, Mike, you go fishing and you would catch fish? We used to have these little, like, nylon strings. And I'd have, like, six or eight fish on it. In the last, <laughs> oh, stop it, Bob. Times, I mean, everything is not the times. same. Nothing's the same. You're 100 years old. But how come now? there's no <laughs> how come there's no fish anywhere? You should take him. You should take him out. And do some ocean fishing with Jimmy Decker. That guy takes people out, and he knows the places to hit over by Catalina. Yeah, and he's he, got a charter boat. Yeah, Jim he, Decker, yeah. the Serenade in the Sky, one of my yeah. favorite songs ever yeah. in history. That yeah. is Captain Jimmy Decker to you, sir. That's his. That he does that for. You're kidding? No, he's, well, no, you know, he's a competitive a punk, fisherman. Everybody likes a punk rock version of the crowd. They had a power pop version of the crowd where they yeah. had a single called "Serenade in the Sky," like a serenade in the sky, and the girls all wonder why, like a serenade in the sky. Are you sure that was it, a crowd? Yeah, it was the crowd serenade in the sky. Didn't we? I, I, and you know who else was in it? John Curry from Choir Invisible was in it. So I think that uh, okay. the crowd morphed into like power pop, you know, like everything did. Like TSOL went goth. I think the crowd went power pop for a while. Serenade in the sky. Uh, yeah, are you looking they, at are they, you looking they, it up, Mike? No. Look it up. <laughs> serenade in the sky. <laughs> It was the greatest song. Like, you know, I was a HB punker. I, I, I love that song. Just like you said, Lane Staney was a singer of the Temple of the Dog. It was Chris Cornell and it was um, Pearl, the rest of Pearl Gem. That's all it was. It, it yeah, was I got a long email from somebody correcting me about all my mistakes about Temple of the Dog, <laughs> which I, there apparently there are many. Apparently, Chuck, Temple of the Dog came out before the Pearl Jam album. Did you know that, Chuck? Yeah. And it was you, all the guys you, in uh, Pearl Jam except wait. that uh, Chris Cornell was a singer. Okay, so no, but okay. I got like, maybe I should read okay. the email. I, I don't think you really understand how wrong I was last week. So let's just—I like to admit my mistakes. I, I like to. Uh, so let I me find. I I was corrected in so many ways. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you got the origins of Temple of the Dog wrong. It was members of Soundgarden and Mother Love Bone. Ten, the Pearl Jam album, was not released yet. It started with Chris working two songs, working on two songs with Andrew, and the rest is history. Writing, not working on. So, well, the, so Andrew hey, Wood hey. wrote two songs with Chris Cornell, and then he died. Members of the group were Stone and Jeff from Mother Love Bone, Chris, Matt, and, and Matt from Soundgarden, Mike from Pearl Jam, 
LP not released. Sorry for the typos. I'm driving. That's somebody texted me that. Wow. They were so angry. They couldn't stop driving to do it. They had somewhere to be and had to straighten you out. I mean, how, out. Far, how far <laughs> off am I here with my explanation? So it was, it was Pearl Jam and mother and 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 chris cornell and eddie vetter what, what how am i wrong here i don't understand how i'm so there wrong was no eddie vetter it was it was chris eddie vetter sings the best song on the album oh was it i'm going yes. hungry <laughs> it said it's all pearl jams and chris yeah okay i guess i don't know that's what smitty wrote me and said no temple of dog story oh my no lane staney it's all pearl jam guys and chris matt on matt on drums Okay, and I was corrected here by somebody else that Lane Staley had a, a different group at the same time called the Mad Season. So I was mixing up my Seattle supergroups, yeah, right? And Mad Season, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it correct you know now. I got to go to another say, email that somebody was corrected. Good, there was a good supergroup was the point of it. And see... No good deed goes unnoticed. Well, wait. Mad Season goes was an unpunished. American supergroup, and Mike McCready was in that. So how could I wasn't that wrong? Mike from Pearl Jam <laughs> by was degrees in a of super... separation. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> only I two degrees it. of separation. Mike... <laughs> so Lane Staley at the same time had a supergroup that was called Mad Season. I just got it mixed up. I thought it was Temple of the Dog. And in that group, Chuck, are you ready? In yes. that group was Mike from Pearl Jam, Barrett Martin from Screaming Trees, John Baker Saunders, uh, and the album was Certified Gold. Like, so here's an interesting thing. As the bands are exploding out of Seattle, they're already doing side projects, right? <laughs> okay. That never happened in L.A. We took our primary band seriously. Yeah. <laughs> there was no side projects. Uh, I dare to say, I'll tell you this. Anthony Kiedis has sang only two songs with other artists ever in his life. One with Madonna, one with me. No side projects, no other things. Now, Flea, on the other hand, has done a lot of things. Yeah, um, he gets around. Ashante's <laughs> never been in any other bands but Thelonious Monster and, and Chili Peppers, right? Like, he didn't form a side project. I guess he had a techno side project. But, I mean, these guys were forming other rock bands before their primary rock bands were even successful. What is going on up there? <laughs> they, they were friendly. <laughs> is that what it. it is sure it's just like hey man well you know what are you doing this weekend i mean that's kind of what is, you know i i don't i know um noodles plays with a bunch of other people yeah he but plays on a bunch not of different in, not, records. In, not when the offspring was in their prime of hit no, albums i think, I think you have to they probably weren't owned by the record company at that time because they weren't making big money, so they could go and do other projects. Once the record company owns you, you got to get permission, right? That's funny. That Mike McCready, he must just play in every band. He's in Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, and Mad Season. Guy gets around. Nice. Right? So, mm. so you know, and I wanted to talk a little bit about music. So it, it drives me nuts that nobody's writing any songs that have any meaning. 
except this band MGMT. You ever heard this band, Chuck? Yeah. They're, they're so fucking good. And they they don't make enough records or they, they don't play enough or whatever, but their lyrics are so good. I become kind of obsessed with them. Like they're really saying something about in an interesting way, in an existential way, like what you thought Radiohead would turn out to be, MGMT is that. They are really speaking to this time now. They have a song called Little Dark Age just that it really does describe now. And, and other people are just writing songs about bubblegum and happiness and girls. And it's just crazy that, that all of rock and pop and hip hop has all become kind of devoid of reality in its lyrics. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Like, I, I just wish people would write songs about what's going on. So anyways, I'm hoping that 2023, we're going to have a New Year's thing, but I, I'm really, pre, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, I think that people are going to reject social media. I think they are. I think, I think Musk is going to ruin Twitter. People, <laughs> like, I don't do any of it. I don't do any of it. I don't, yeah, even know what I don't even know what TikTok looks like other than I see it on Elvis's phone. I have no interest in hearing what you had for lunch, Chuck. I don't give a fuck about all this narcissistic bullshit. I don't care about my friends from Huntington Beach's political opinions. I care about my kids, my friends, my business, basketball, real life, my neighbors. People need to stop this fucking nonsense, like thinking they're so important and all this fucking stuff that they send out in their phones and they read on their phones. My friend told me today that he used to watch movies with his wife, but now he's become kind of addicted to TikTok and he just, he just scrolls TikTok Aww. all night. Like we got to get away from this thing. Um, this you know social I, media you, thing. You may, it may be happening. I read an article today that was along the lines of, Social media is hitting the flop stage, and it, it is because uh, part of it is uh, Musk is uh, ruined ruin Twitter, and that young people don't have any interest in Instagram or Facebook, and it takes a certain type of person to enjoy TikTok. And so all these things are um, not that people will go away from being on their phones or being on the internet, but that there's, they're looking for different ways to um, spend their time because people are just kind of over it. And I think it, it's kind of what you were just saying there. The article I read was just I think funny. something turned. I think something turned. I don't think, I don't the think worm. that, I don't think conservative people are embracing liberalism. I think they're tired of the idiocracy and I've been tired of liberalism and I'm a liberal for fucking 10 years. So we're going to push out the fringe people. We're just going to push them the fuck out of the way. And try to like have a society where people have decorum and respect for one another. And you can believe, you don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to believe in everything that I think is important. But at least consider that to me, climate change is real, right? To me, um, I want a better education system. I want a better healthcare system. I don't really care about the Kardashians. I don't really care about Donald Trump. I don't really care about AOC, Bright Brober, whatever her fucking name is from Colorado. Just fucking push her to the side. And this idiot who called homeless people in Echo Park his neighbors, 
his neighbors, schizophrenic people, drug addicted people, people, you know, if they're his neighbors, if my neighbor's house burned down, they can stay at my house tonight. Yeah, I was just going right? to ask, how often yeah, does he why, have if them over If you love them so much and they're your dinner. neighbor, let them move into you, let them sleep on your couch. I never saw like what I believed in so warped by an idiot in my life. There's no one that cares more about drug addicts and mentally ill people and people down on their luck and stuff than me. But they they cannot ruin our city. And they cannot ruin me taking my children to Echo Park. They cannot. They're not entitled to that. They're entitled to health care, to mental health care. They're entitled to drug treatment. They're entitled to food and, and subsidies and housing. But they are not entitled to ruin Echo Park Lake. All right. All right. Talk to you later, you guys. Yeah. All right. Good night, you guys. Bye bye. Ding, ding, ding. Good night. Okay. <laughs> uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Hey,